as Chris Paul gets in another wide open three. Pierre Cardin. The first to Booker for the long range jumper. P H O E N I X. Phoenix Suns, and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship ring. We the Valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. P H O E N I X. Phoenix Suns, and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship ring. We the Valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. Chris Paul, bring a dinner with the dish. D Book on the corner with the swish. We the Valley, hating with the dunk. Pulse rising, now the crowd getting pumped. We the best, I ain't talking about Cali. Who's next? Never winning in the valley. Can't wait for that championship rally. Send them home, send them back to Cali. Stand up if you're down for the suns. Put a finger in the air, we number one. P H O E N I X. Phoenix Suns, and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship ring. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. P H O E N I X. Sons and you know we up next. Yeah, we working for that championship ring. We the valley, it ain't nothing but a thing. Welcome everybody to the Aussie Suns Fans Podcast, Season 2, Episode 11. I am your host, Gavin. Uh, if you are checking us out on YouTube, do us a solid click like, uh, comment, do all that sort of stuff. Uh, helps us. Gives us a, uh, give us a review on if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or whatever it else you whatever else you do, and we are here today with Boyd as always. How you going, Boyd? Unreal, mate. How are you? Uh, absolutely fantastic, mate. Thank you for jumping on again. And of course, we also have Trevi here. Trev, how are you going, brother? Yeah, good, Gav. Yourself, mate. Boydo, how are you? Oh. Unreal, buddy, as always. That's the way. That's the way. So we have quite a bit to cover today. So we will uh, we'll jump straight in. We'll try and zoom through this as quickly as we possibly can because I think our, uh, our Suns topic this week in Suns basketball might take us a little bit of time. So we'll jump straight in with our Northwest uh, Division preview. We'll go through these sides, same as we did with the, uh, with the Eastern Conference, go through these sides, work out um, what our predictions are, Boyd can tip them all to finish in the top four and we can move on from there. So uh, first up, we have Utah. Inns, Jared Vanderbilt, Pat Beverly, Taylor Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler from the draft, Johnny Juzang, a two-way, Laurie Markinen, Colin Sexton, Ochai Abaji, all from Cleveland. And the outs are Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Pat Beverly, obviously came in and then went out. Um, Bo Cruz, Xavier Sneed, Paris Bass, and, of course, their coach, Quinn Schneider. Let's start with you, Trev. What do you think of Utah? Oh, I think it's pretty obvious, guys. You don't have to be uh, a genius to say if you lose three out of your five starters from the season prior, you're going to struggle. Um, look, it's clear that uh, these guys will be in the tanking land, I would have thought. There's really no incentive for them to do much else. And as we know, Danny Ainge would quite happy to start five actual draft picks than actual players. Uh, loves to hoard, loves to hang on to his hoard in his war chest. So, look, to keep it short and sharp, boys, they might get their way to 30 wins, um, but I would expect them to be moving 
parts. I mean, we still might see um, Bogdanovich, maybe Mike Conley as well, although, you know, someone would have to be pretty keen to take on that contract. Um, I think what we'll be seeing is a uh, lot of Colin Sexton shots going up down there. Um, and we'll see what happens. But, yeah, can't see them doing too much as they have in previous seasons. And a prediction, mate, where are they going to finish in the West? 13th. Boyd. Yeah, man. Look, um, Denny Ainge is one of the best to do it when it comes to tearing teams down and uh, ripping other clubs off. So I um, I think there's a lot more to come before the trade deadline. And um, and if they're going too good, they might keep moving these pieces before then. If you know, if, if, if they get out there and they strike some fire with uh, Colin Sexton having some sort of miracle comeback, mate, um, um, he'll fix it. He'll fix it. He'll get straight on that bloody trade block, and he'll um he'll out everyone that's fucking doing well, and it's worth a draft pick. So I, I think I've got him finishing in the four, the bottom four. Yeah, probably um um probably dead dead last, and I put it down to um uh, Danny Ainge just being a um wanting that uh big Wemby, big Wemby Yamba, um. I'm the same. Uh, look, to be honest, they've still got some pieces there. I, I, I don't think they're done trading. Um, as uh, Trevi said, there's, you've got uh, Conley. Uh, there's there's going to be sides there that will take on that contract because they'll be able to um, clear out some space later on down the track. I still think Bogdanovich will move and uh, probably to the Suns. Um, I, I still feel like Bogdanovich will end up on the Suns in a Jay Crowder trade. That's that's my feeling. So I think that'll probably end up happening. I just hope that we can maybe include a Jared Vanderbilt in there. Um, I'd love again. I'd still love to see that guy on the Suns for next season. But um, Utah, as as we've all pretty much said, I think they're ripping it down to try and tank. Um, well, not try and tank, but they're looking for those um, the Danny Ainge style. Get as many draft picks as you can, Boston style, like he did at the Celtics. Um, I have them finishing dead last in the West and dead last in the NBA. Um, and I will enjoy every second of it because I fucking hate Utah, even though Donovan Mitchell's gone now, um, which is probably a lot of the reason for the hate because people keep trying to compare that guy to Devin Booker. You're kidding yourselves. Um, but, yeah, I hate Utah, so I'll be more than happy to see them finish dead last. Um, if you're in the chat live or if you are watching later on on YouTube, chuck in your predictions in the comments. Make sure you give us a heads up on where you think they'll finish um, these sides that we go through today. OKC, Inns, Jermichael Green from Denver, Chet Holmgren from the draft, Jalen Williams draft, Eugene Amuri is a two-way, Osman Dieng is a draft, and the outs are Isaiah Roby who was waived. And without playing a game, Jermichael Green was waived. Trev, thoughts? Well, look, obviously, when you're looking at a side like this, you're always keen to see the new talent that they bring in. So, obviously, a blow um, to see Holmgren go down, going to be missing for most of the year. You know, you always like to tune in on League Pass if you can and see a bit of these guys. Um, I'm not quite sure what exactly is going on here at, at OKC. I know, look, we're obviously stockpiling an absolute plethora of draft picks, but now we're hearing chatter that SGA is potentially available for the right price. Um, 
you know, I would have thought he's your franchise guy that you're building around, not necessarily trying to, to move along. So um, they've really got some, you know, really good ballers there. I mean, great to see what Josh Giddy can do again. Um, Lou Dort, he gives one of those guys that just squeezes every drop out of himself. Um, and they've got a few other guys like there, like yeah, um, Kendrick Williams and a few others as well. But, look, it'd be hard press seeing them. I have them kind of neck and neck with Utah, but I think Utah will, will just edge them in terms of wins. So I think high 20s, 28 wins and probably 14th or 15th in the conference. Boyd? I'll run with um, um, lo, um, mid to low 20s in the wins, and I've got them at around about 11, just missing the play-in, just missing it. Now, my, there's going to be a lot more growing pains here, and they're fucking uh, um, with check going down, of course, and, um, you know, the trade rumours, as um, as um, Trev was saying with uh, with Shay, I think I think Shay requests out. Um, th- uh, during this season, um, and yeah, look, I—that's a guy I want us to get. But uh, yeah, I don't see him. Look, Giddy's Giddy's good, but he's not a—he's um, not a—he's not an A option. He's more of that—that—that um, that, that, he's more of a point point forward. He needs—he's the Draymond that needs his Steph. He needs that 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 real go getter. And I just think that Shea um, um, requested trade, and and they'll, they'll they might start okay, but I think they're going to they're going to go Timber. It's um, it's an interesting one because I do agree. I tend to agree that um, Shea will request out during the season, and by trade deadline, he will be moved on somewhere. Um, there are they're an interesting lineup. I, I think they really do have some great young talent, but. Obviously, losing Chet for the season is really going to hurt them. Um, they're going to struggle to come together with Chet out. Um, I think they're going to finish in the at the bottom end, go for those draft picks again, um, just keep stocking up, and and I think that's probably their best bet. So I have them finishing thirteenth. Where did you have them, Boyd? Eleven. Eleven. Um, yeah, so I have them finishing thirteen, and. Um, that's about it. And I got did get some predictions from Hamo, so we can keep him up to date when he's back on next week. He has Utah finishing ninth for the season, which is brave. Um, and he has OKC finishing eighth. Um, interesting selections, but that's okay. Uh, next, we have Portland in Shaden Sharp from the draft. Jeremy Grant from Detroit, Gary Payton II as a free agent, Drew Eubanks as a free agent, Jabari Walker as a free agent, out Eric Bledsoe waved, Diddy Luzada waved, and Norvell Pell waved. Trev? Well, I think no surprise here. This one kind of all hinges on how well number zero, Dame Dollar, what he can do. I mean, fair to say season gone was a bit of a disaster for him, injury, um, but it looks like he's, you know, if we believe the narrative, he wants to be a blazer for life. So he's going to hang in there. Re-signed um, the big Bosnian beast, big Yusuf uh, Nurkic. And I guess you're also seeing if, you know, Anthony Simons can keep improving. Uh, maybe you get a, a jump from a guy like a Nasir Little. I think they're going to be right there for the play-in. Um, should definitely at least get that far. But I just don't think they've got enough defensively to really give the top-end teams a, a 
a nudge. So I think um, they'll finish above 500, say, high 40s in the winds, um, and I'll have them finishing, say, 7th or 8th in the west because I think Dame, Dame will, um, will find a way. I'll also say that I'm not necessarily sold on Chauncey Billups as a coach either. I'm just... I know it's only early days, but I just haven't seen enough at this stage. So we'll watch that space as well. Boyd. Yeah, I got these guys uh, scraped and had them, had them ninth and now I'm thinking eight, eighth on the back of, um, I like the, is it Gary Payton Jr. They yep. picked up? Yeah. Oh, Gary, like, Gary Payton the second actually or something like that. Yeah, 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 the second. I like I like that pickup because he's that, um, that real bulldog on defense. He's... Um, yeah, I I like him in the back order. It gives um, and I know I think he's coming off the bench as well. But but um, is it Josh Hart they've got as well, boys? Yeah, Josh Hart's uh, there. Yeah, cool, cool. He came in yeah, and no, I... trade for who went across to the Pelicans? CJ McCollum from Portland. CJ, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, look, I think they've got they've got some um, some decent role role players around. Dan, but just. They just haven't got the firepower to um, get like yeah. I'll, I'll leave them at nine. I'm going to leave them at nine, and I think that they'll get into the eight in in the play-in. I'll give them that. Um, yeah, again, having Dane back makes a massive difference. Um, as Trev said, Simons was he he took off last season, but I think his impact's going to drop back once Dane returns and is playing ball. Uh, Peyton's a nice pickup for them. They do have Nurchich. They have. Um, Josh Hart, they're, they're like they're, they've got a lot of really solid pieces, so they're not going to be an easy beat, but they're probably not going to have the top end talent to really compete with the top six or seven sides in the West. Um, and we know that the West is going to be really, really strong at the top end this year. So I think they'll probably struggle. They will sneak into the play-in. Um, I've got them finishing tenth um, in the play-in, and that really is based on the health of Dame. Because um, if Dane goes down, they're going to finish at the bottom end again. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, Inns, Rudy Gobert, Wendell Moore Jr. from the draft. Uh, Bryn Forbes is a free agent. Austin Rivers is a free agent. Josh Minot is a free agent. AJ Lawson, two-way. Eric Pascal, two-way. Outs, Jared Vanderbilt, Pat Beverly, Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, and 7,000 draft picks. Trev. <laughs> Well, look, firstly, I'm, I'm still annoyed at Minnesota for the ridiculous price that they paid for Gobert and basically reset the entire trade market and I reckon halted the Durant trade um, in its tracks. But, look, that's a, a chat for another day. Um, this is really interesting. Obviously, Gobert, a good pickup. I like the pickup of Forbes and I also like the um, pickup of Kyle Anderson for them as well. This is going to be a, a hot take. I think... These guys will win at least mid-50 games. I reckon at least 55 games. That being said, we're going to hit the playoffs and they're going to come crashing down. I think this is a roster that's built to win a lot of regular season games, but I'm still going to have my doubts defensively on a go-bear and a cat pairing. And we all know in playoffs what we require is someone good decision-making skills running the point, and I don't think D'Angelo Russell's that guy. I see him have – he's either a 2 of 20 guy or he'll have a really good game. There's no in-between with him. So I wouldn't be surprised they get home court advantage in the playoffs, so finish, say, fourth. Um, 
but then wouldn't surprise me they get bounced in the first round either um, because I think the playoffs will bring them unstuck. And we've seen in series gone by in previous years, teams have been able to adapt and um, take Gobert out of what he likes to do. Um, and it's really hurt. It's hurt Utah. Remains to see what Chris Finch and the uh, Minnesota team can do. But uh, that's my pick. Boyd. Yeah, I've got him uh, sort of hovering between six and seven. And, uh, I, yeah, look, mid-40s, um, mid to high 40s uh, in the win column. Um, uh, I'll, I'm going to leave him at seven. I'll, I'll leave him at seven because I just feel like I'm going to – I'm trying not to stack up the top end, Gav, like you keep giving me shit for. So I'll leave him at seven. And, and oh, wait, I'll start. I did, I did go through it, just so that everybody at home does know. I did go through it. I went back through all the old episodes. I worked out exactly what Boyd selected, and he did tip five different size, uh, six different sides to finish in the top four. That was five, wasn't it? Five? I'll go back and check. Uh, well, yeah, five or six. So, but I don't know. It was pretty squashed. Not too bad. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Not too bad. But, uh, but yeah. seventh... Yeah, so, yeah, seventh, and I just see, um, look, I, I think Kat's going to love having uh, Rudy in the middle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. How, how long is it before, um, you know, they clue on to Kat shooting 15 threes per game and they just sort of close out on him straight up? Because Rudy's got nothing, right? He's not an offensive threat. So, look, I just think um, um, they won't be too hard to game play against. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've got him there at seven. Rudy got absolutely exposed by a pretty weak Spanish team in the Euros today, and they uh, the French team ended up losing to Spain with Bo Cruz basically dominating and uh taking over. Wancho Hernan Gomez. Um, so look, I, I'm not a huge fan of the acquisition of Rudy, I, I just don't think. If, if we look at what opposition sides did in the playoffs last year to Rudy Gobert on the perimeter, dragged him out to the perimeter and just blew past him. Um, Cat is going to love the fact that he doesn't have to play offensively inside. He could sit out on the three-point line. But opposition sides with good spread defensively are going to really, really enjoy that because the reason Cat gets so many open threes at the moment is because he plays against opposition centres. If all of a sudden he's going to sit out on the three-point line, and let's use our team as an example, and he's going to sit out on the three-point line against Jay Crowder, the Phoenix Suns are going to be more than happy for that to happen. Um, yep. Crowder will be out there. He'll be able to cover. Gobert will plonk himself inside, which puts Aiton closer to the basket, means our, our defensive rebounding stronger. The, the sides that are currently in the West, uh, at the top half of the West, are going to absolutely pick this side apart. Trev mentioned it as well. D'Angelo Russell's best basketball, while great, is well behind him. Um, he's not the guy to run the point there. Even Pat Beverly was more successful at the point than what D'Angelo Russell was in Minnesota. So I, I just think they're going to struggle to compete with the top sides, um, luckily for them, during the regular season. And again, exactly spot on what Trev said. Reg this side's built to win regular season games. They're going to win regular season games against the bottom half of the West. Um, they're going to win regular season games against sides in the East. But when it comes down to playoff basketball against these top sides, they're going to struggle. I still think they'll finish in the plane. I think they'll finish seventh. 
win that quite comfortably, have some sort of um, whole town celebration, uh, jump up and down on tables and stuff like that because <laughs> they win a playing game. Uh, but then basically gone. Uh, I think they'll really struggle if that, let's say they finish seventh and the side that we're going to review next is my prediction to finish second, the Minnesota Timberwolves don't beat that side. So um, it'll be a first round exit for mine, seventh. Hamo has the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves finished in finishing in 10th. Um, he, and he had the Portland Trailblazers finishing in seventh. So um, I, I did forget the Portland Trailblazers there again for Hamo and our last side in the Northwest division is Denver in Christian Braun from the draft, Peyton Watson from the draft, Colin Gillespie, Ish Smith from Washington, KCP from Washington, Bruce Brown is a free agent, DeAndre Jordan is a free agent and Jack White on a two-way. Their outs are Will Barton, Monte Morris to Washington and Jermichael Green. Trev. These guys I find really hard to lock down. There's a lot of question marks here. So I love the pickups of KCP and Bruce Brown for them because I think they've been lacking um, some quality perimeter defenders previously. But the loss of Morris and Barton, who've also given them a lot, um, kind of negates that somewhat. So... Obviously, we can all um, take the asterisks off the last couple of seasons because now Jamal Murray's back. So now, as all Denver fans would tell you on Twitter, nothing ever happens if Jamal Murray... Um, it's all over. It's all over. Today. Just give him the title now. Exactly right. So, obviously, we like to see how he comes back. Clearly, they'll have enough on offense if the pick-and-roll game between him and uh, Jokic goes well. However, they're... Their big man stocks are really questionable. Um, I mean, we could do a straw poll. There couldn't be many worse players currently getting a contract that's not a rookie or a two-way guy than DeAndre Jordan at the moment, right? Agree. Agree. He's flat out defending anything. So if something happens to the Joker, they're in a bit of trouble. Um, But look, clearly the big question mark is what Mick Porter Jr. can do, Um, what his health is like. Now, you'd be a brave man, woman or other to say, yeah, he's going to make it through the season. Who knows? Um, And I guess, look, the other X factor that they have there is um, Bones Highland, who's shown a fair bit in patches there at times. Um, You know, will opposition put more time into him? Probably yes, but another year in the system, you know, gets that up. Oh, boy. Look, as I said, a lot of question marks here. Um, I'm going to have him fifth. Um, But, yeah, they could... hear you alluding to them. Um, Gav, you sound a bit higher on them than what I am. Um, I just still think they're they're missing a couple of pieces. But if those guys all stay healthy and, and come together, um, could be a big thing. I will say I'm glad to see the back of that little angry Oz kicker, Campazzo, though. <laughs> He's an absolute angry little dwarf. And, um, yeah, good luck to him back in whatever he's doing. Boyd. Got him at sixth. 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 And uh, I, I'm really interested to see MPJ back in there with Joker and Jamal Murray. And now I just MPJ has just been given this massive contract. I feel like he's got he's got a lot to live up to. But the way that he plays, it's it's I, I feel like he's a very ISO centric uh, type of a player. 
and I just don't see it working well with that. Um, you know, everything everything goes goes through the Joker, and um, and guys like Jamal Murray and 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 whatnot, the sharpshooters are out there, but. MPJ is more that um, bounce around the key, um, um, find his own sort of mid-range type game, and um, and do his thing. I think it might discombobulate the Denver Nuggets if he's if he's healthy or yeah. I don't think it. You know, it could all work perfectly, and I could. I'm just visioning. I'm I'm, I'm trying to vision it, and I I just I don't see it work. I don't see it. chemistry. I think is the issue. I think that they have. Um, you know, it won't see him go all the way. They'll uh, they'll get to six. They will avoid the playing, but yeah, just um, I just feel I would like MPJ. I think would go really well on a on a Toronto type team with no real like um, super superstar outside of you know a Pascal. So yeah, a Toronto type team that could cover him defensively really well. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's a that's a that's beside the point. Who who you got, Gav? We we got yeah. So well, we've got Hamo has them finishing third. Um, I have them finishing second because if you want to talk about a team that's built for regular season basketball wins, this is the team. We all know that they flail about and fail in playoff basketball, um, but they are built to win regular season's games. Nikola Jokic is going to do what he does during the regular season, put himself right up there in the MVP voting. Um, MPJ, let's be honest, MPJ is now behind Aaron Gordon. He's got a long way to go before he slips past Aaron Gordon in that rotation. Um, and MPJ would be best suited to a side like Aaron Gordon was before in Orlando, where he could just run around and be the man um, because he doesn't like the fact that he is um, a backup. He doesn't want to be the second, third, fourth, fifth option. And that's what he is there. Um I agree 100% with Trev. I think that the losses of Will Barton and Monte Morris are significant for this team. Um, both players are heart and soul type players, and I think they're big, big, big losses for them. If Smith's great, KCP, he's okay too. They, Those two guys will have a go, but I just don't think they're at the level of Barton and Morris. Murray coming back in is obviously a big get for them. Um, it's good to see that he is back. You don't want to see any players, especially the best players, out. But let's be honest, Denver fans think he is um, the Denver version of Michael Jordan. He is more likely the Denver version of Zach Levine. So let's not get too carried away about Jamal Murray. Good player, but not that great. Um, I still have them finishing second because I think they absolutely built this side to win regular season games. So that's where I think I'll finish. All right. Next one. Let's have some fun, gents. This week in Suns basketball, there was only one thing that we want to talk about this week in Suns basketball. Nothing else really mattered. Um, that was the release of the findings of the investigation of Robert Sava um, and the backlash that occurred afterwards. And, Let's, let's not beat around the bush. It was an absolute backlash that happened afterwards. Um, we saw comments come out from uh, LeBron James, Chris Paul, the NBA Players Association, PayPal, who is obviously the Suns jersey sponsor, um, Jam, our, what about, oh, well, our second highest um, shareholder of the Phoenix Suns, I suppose. Um, who else? 
do we are oh, the the city of phoenix everybody's jumped on board there son's twitter went ballistic um one thing before i get into you guys and your opinions is i've listened to a heck of a lot of podcasts about this this week i've read a heck of a lot of content i've read the report in full i've seen uh everything that everyone's written on twitter i just want to clarify one thing the nba adam silver cannot make robert Sarver sell the the phoenix suns he didn't force donald sterling to sell the la clippers he just banned him for life he had a lot more to do uh, he had a lot more leverage to do that when that happened than what he had with Sarver. and i honestly believe that what the what the nba has done is done everything they possibly can without the threat of litigation hoping that external pressures will drive the remainder of the punishment for Robert Sava. Thoughts, Trev? Yeah, I think you, you've covered it pretty well there, Gav. I mean, you look at it um, from perspective, and that's hard to do when you, you're caught in the middle of it. So sometimes you need all of this to come out. Um, you read takes or reports from people who are a little bit closer to the situation, and then you kind of put it all together and, and see how it comes out. So... I'll say a couple of things. The first thing is, look, a lot of people before this even happened didn't like Robert Sava, you know, particularly a lot of Suns fans, you know, not happy with him as an owner, a bit of a tight ass, all that kind of stuff. So something like this comes up, they're going to push this and say, yeah, this is what I knew all along. This guy's no good. Let's get rid of him. So we're dealing with that contingent. Also seen question marks about, okay, we've seen Chris Paul come out and make a comment. We've seen LeBron come out and make a comment. I've seen people questioning, well, is Book going to come out and say something? I would say it's a little bit harder for someone in Book's situation than it is for, say, LeBron and Chris Paul, just by fact that those two are elder statesmen of the game and they're at the tail end of their careers. Um, you know, and CP, he's been a, a president of the Players Association, so he's kind of earned his stripes a little bit more. Book is probably just placed things a little bit close to his chest. He's generally not as outspoken about such things. Um, and he's a 24-year-old kid, 24, 25-year-old kid. Exactly right. Exactly right. The other thing is, I mean, and I think you touched on it as well, Gav, you look at the sentence in isolation, you think, gee whiz, that's pretty light. Um, but you're dead right. I mean, if this was going to go into the courts, you know, litigation and so forth, you could be there for a decade going that through. So you're exactly right. Silver can't force Sava out. And you're dead right. He's hoping that the, the narrative will be pushed by, you know, a compounding of the extenuating forces to try and um, bring him down in that regard. Look, and I, I think, you know, once you've got your sponsors starting to weigh in, um, all this other thing, I think uh, the voice will soon get pretty loud. So it's um, – and, that, look, the other thing is we've got people's lives at stake, livelihoods, um, you know, we don't know exactly what's going on there, but from all reports, it's not good. You know, I wouldn't think people are just coming in and making this up off the cuff. So there's clearly people's um, feelings, reputation, mental health that's been affected. So it's not a good thing. So all I'm hoping is, you know, this doesn't define who the Phoenix Suns are as a team. This is the owner's behaviour. What we can do now, you know, the collective, we, we don't stand for it if it is indeed to be proven. Um, and we roll on for it. It is different from the, the Sterling situation. I mean, Sterling was caught on a recording. 
and you had bona fide proof. This is a lot of verbal accounts. I know text messages, emails, et cetera, have all been scanned through, but it doesn't appear to be anything as incriminating as what Sterling had. So there is a little bit of a change there. But, um, yeah, to be honest, it's just one of these things. You don't want to sweep it under the rug. You just hope it's a, a good result that suits everybody. And when I say suit, it is the best outcome um, for society, for the team, for the people involved. And we can move on and, and have a really good season. But, gee whiz, wouldn't it be some sort of irony if somehow the Suns could finally win that chip when Sava's uh, <laughs> banished to the sidelines? That'd be something. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure there's a lot more to play out. Very nice. Here comes the controversy, Boyd. No, look, I'm, I'm not stupid, man. Like, I, I got on – I've been a Sava supporter, right? And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. For these years, I've I've gotten behind Sava since it's since he stopped selling draft picks and he started signing players and he started spending some money and just in the last couple the last few years he's really he's really um um gone about building the team the right way and getting the right people in there and he stepped back a lot and what I didn't like is 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 there was all these people holding on to these um, mid two thousands. Um, um, basketball decisions, the bad ones that he was making, and not fucking letting go, and not giving the guy any kudos or lollies for any of the good shit he was doing. It just got really fucking old of me. So I was like, fuck it. If he's going to do the right thing basketball-wise, that's what I watch for. I'm going to fucking back him. And, um, yeah, give him a second chance. Now, now with the with all the shit that's come out, it's, um, it's um, innocent until proven guilty, and he's been proven guilty. Now, there's the three the three main things that I see, are, um, the the sexism stuff, the uh, the racial slurs, the racial stuff, and and just the common workplace tomfoolery, right? <laughs> so, I mean, um, the it's worse than tomfoolery. Tom, yeah, dacking people, fucking um, dropping dropping <laughs> dropping his pants when um when someone bends down to reenact a fucking physical that's um that's all that's all that sort of stuff like dancing dancing with a with the dude at a christmas party or whatever it was um yeah that's that's funny that's that's funny stuff i'd laugh at that shit that stuff take to hr and do away with that like that's not the reason that i feel he got off light it's more so the other stuff right the more serious stuff it's um and you know what it, i don't know like He's saying the N word and and, and and doing all the, all that sort of stuff, and they try to say it's in third person, but there's a certain like he's saying what someone else said sort of thing, and they try to cover it. But in saying that, man, if you're if you're brazen enough to do that in a room full of um, you know, African American men, um, and and with no with 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 dis disregard to any sort of blowback, you just you're insensitive and you're stupid, right? So I feel like. Um, um, them to, the sexism and the racism were, were were the real heinous things. The other shit I couldn't give a fuck about. The fact that he got one year and he got um, a ten million dollar fine. I think that ten million dollar fine was a record too, which is which it's is the great. Most, it's the most they can find an owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll find him that and make him pay. For, and on top of this, they should have had some provision in there to make him pay for whatever fucking quacks the people. Had their feelings heard about getting dacked or whatever, 
or the or the or the other stuff, the worst stuff, make him pay for all the fucking hospital bills, whatever they that may you know come out to, and a bit of a um, you know, a bit of a um, you know, damages or whatever, a bit of a give him a payout as well as part of that, and and but give him give him a few more, years, not just one year, give him a few more years, and and to the point where this thing look, one year isn't isn't that long. It's um, it's really not. Um, he can still make as much money as he ever was from the team. He's going to make that back, um, that ten million back. He's going to make that back probably this season. So it wasn't it wasn't long enough. Now, and I, just in closing, I could not give a fuck if Robert Sava owned the owned the team or didn't own the team. Um, get him out of that um, managing director role. And um, and eventually he'll just fade off and sell it and and um, piss off. But yeah, just fucking um, don't bring the plays into it. If and if they're gonna kick up a stink, hurry the fuck up and do it. But we've got a season coming up. I don't want to fucking um, I don't want people sitting out games and protests and all that sort of shit. I want a fucking tip. I watch it for what's on the court. I want these guys to fucking either. Collectively, the um, NBPA or whatever, or whoever, the sponsors, the fucking um, 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 Nagafi. I want these guys to fucking do something really quick, like in the next few weeks, and um, either get him out or fucking, um, yeah, anyway, that's it. I think, um, and and I spoke about this on Fanning the Flames when I was on with Justin and Dan um, earlier in the week, the day after all this shit happened. So just to, just to touch on what Boyd said, the skylarking type shit that Boyd was talking about, in our culture, that sort of stuff still happens and maybe maybe not in the workplace as much, but it does happen. But the behaviour and treatment of women and the behaviour and or, or the behaviours of repeating words that when people come up to you and say repeatedly, you can't say that, learn your fucking lesson. Now, I've heard a lot of people this week say, ah, no, he's not racist, he's just stupid. No, he's stupid because he's racist. He just doesn't even realise he's racist. But it's still racism. It's still sexism. He just doesn't realise. He he never grew in, in his in his culture, in his or, or grew with the culture and and the changes in culture that have occurred over the last twenty years. Everybody else evolved with those changes in culture in general life. Robert Sarver hasn't. He's still living twenty five years ago. No, no. Well, I, no. I think he's. I think he's quite aware, man. I think he's. He, I think he feels he's above it. Uh, look, he probably does. He probably does. Re- but I, I'm. I'm pretty stoked with the reaction that came out so far. And you did. You mentioned the players there. One of the things that really pissed me off early in this was um, a lot of content around. We want the players to stand up and do something about this, and because the players are the drivers of change in the NBA, but this shouldn't be on the players. The players shouldn't drive this change. Jam came out; he he made a really strong statement. That's great because now the focus is going to be on Jam to lead this. Um, PayPal coming out and making their statement. These are the statements we need. But the last yeah, thing I'll say on this. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah just in that what was really disappointing is that a couple a couple of days after this they had all the owners together and there was nothing fucking brought up all these other owners and they, these guys all bang around with each other same thing they, same they thing we have... spoke same thing we spoke about on fanning the flame so mate these guys have all got fucking skeletons they yeah, don't want anything yeah. to happen here 
Because if they sat there and all and they got their thirty fucking four or whatever they needed, uh, twenty four owners to say, yeah, we want him out. That all pre- of a sudden, all of a sudden, shit starts coming up elsewhere. Cuban gets bought up again. The dude from the Atlanta Hawks gets bought up again. All this stuff starts coming back to the surface. They don't want that, and they their message again. The the governors hire Adam Silver. So their message to him would have been punish him as much as you can, but let's, with the report, let's make it as clear as day that we need external forces to push this guy out. Now, the the last thing I'll say on this is, Robert, you, you've seen the backlash. You've seen what's happened here, everything like that. The guy is cut and dry, a piece of shit. I've said it for two years on this pod I'll, I'll say it going forward. He's a piece of shit. Do everyone a favour. Sell the fucking team. Walk out with your, you know, couple of hundred million dollars or whatever profit you're going to make out of it and fuck off somewhere else. Because all you're doing by sitting there now, and look, you're fucking rich and privileged and all that sort of shit, but you tell everyone you love the Phoenix Suns, but you want to sit there con- and continually hold on to ownership, knowing the impact and the blowback that is going to drag on in this and the impact that's going to have on the organisation moving forward when you've got the opportunity to sell up now, go and buy another fucking mansion and let the basketball team play games where they're in a position right now to win a fucking title. Let them go and do it. Sell the team and fuck off. Fair? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you kind of one thing that's never sat well with me, um, and this isn't just Sun Sava, this is the NBA as a whole, right? You see at the end of um, the Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, the trophies get presented. You see at the end of the finals, the Larry O gets presented, and the owners get it presented to them, right? Um, and I, I just, you know, it's the players that have done it all. Yes. The owner has, in some cases, played a part, you know, and in some cases a big part, sure. But, yeah, it's just all all about them kind of thing. Um, I don't like it. So, and look, guys, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like, we've all got different opinions on stuff. But, gee whiz, the, the consensus opinion on Sava, and for quite some time, even before this kind of stuff has come to life, is um, hasn't been great. Shit. So... <laughs> You know, I think there's enough and, there. And where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire. There, there's 340 people that have come out and confirmed all this shit. There's no doubting that all this shit happened. None. Yeah. So right. time to move on, mate. Fuck off. Get out. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to our new, our new favourite topic or our favourite uh, weekly subject, Random Sons. Four seconds per photo. I hope you got your pen and your paper. Four seconds per photo. We've got our two kings here um, here tonight. Um, I know Richie's on. Richie, if you want to have a guess at these, go for it. Um, hopefully you guys get it, but we'll obviously reveal the answer straight after. So see how you go. Are we ready, Jets? Let's do it. Here we go.
Oh no. Yeah, all right. How'd just go, guys? Do you want to see it again? Yeah, yes. my uh, my stream locked up there. I only got two of them. So okay, I'll I'll play it again because I'm making uh, excuses want, already. I've made this one a little bit harder. So we'll, let's see. We'll go. We'll go again. Here we go. Did we get all four this time? Did you no, see them all? Mine, mine lag. So look, I only got two. I've only got two of them. So that's <laughs> all right. Only got two. <laughs> Boyd, you've seen them all. Gotta upgrade the internet. I'm just trying to think of the name of the first one. All right. Well, number one, Trev. Do you want to have a go at it? Uh, that'd be Earl the Pearl Clark, I think. Boyd. Yeah. No, nah, he's right, but I didn't get it. It was indeed well, Earl Clark. Number two, Trev. I don't think I saw that one. I because it lagged and um I know and I'm not I don't want to spoil if we're moving forward to the next one. So I'll uh I, boy, a little bit a little bit blurry on this. Is it was it is it Tony Delk? It was not Tony Delk. It was Hakeem Warwick. Oh, okay, that's the one I got. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I thought he was the third one. So yes, all right. I haven't seen the last two then, so I'll just sit here quietly. <laughs> all right, third one, third one, Boyd. That was Hakeem Warwick, man. That, I, I got Josh Childress. You would be correct. It was Josh Childress. And number four, Marshall. <laughs> correct again, Kendall Marshall. Well, well done. done, mate. Two from four, and we're going to give uh, we're going to give Trev one. Terrible performance, Trev. <laughs> Trey's well tools. I'll have to. I'll wear. Does, do, does does fucking um, Hakeem Warwick? I thought he had bigger hair, but does he look like fucking Tony Delk at all? Is that a little bit Tony Delky at all? He's got about eight. He's got about eight inches on Tony Delk, though. Yeah, but yeah, a little, little bit taller. Oh, anyway. <laughs> all right, let's move on to thumbs up, thumbs down. And obviously, thumbs up, thumbs down this week is going to be fairly related to the goings-on of this week. So, question one. Boyd, can you take notes? We don't really need to take notes. I think we're good. Question one. The team will band together at Media Day and renounce Sava as the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Trev. Thumbs down. Boyd. Can you come again, please, mate? I was writing. The team, will the team will band together at Media Day and renounce Sava as the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Thumbs down. I am going thumbs up. Well, The players should not be expected to drive the narrative against Sava. Trev. Thumbs up. Boyd. Thumbs up. I am also a thumbs up on that. Uh, Robert Sava will have his hand forced to sell this team. Trev. Thumbs up. Boyd. Robert Sava will have his hand forced to sell the team. I'll go thumbs down. And I am a thumbs up for that one. And just, just to mix it up a little bit, something different, 
James Jones' off-season to date has been a failure. Thumbs down. Boyd? Thumbs down. I am also a thumbs down. Ooh. All right. Question one, the team will band together at media day and renounce Sabra Zona. Uh, I was the only one who went thumbs up on this. Um, I honestly believe that effectively no other player except for um, no other player except for Chris Paul will really make a comment until media day. Um, they will coordinate a response and coordinate an answer. And that will be that none of them accept the behaviour. It is completely similar to what Chris Paul said, that the punishment wasn't strong enough um, and there should be further action taken. So they may possibly not say he should sell the team but or, or that he shouldn't be the owner, but I really do think that they'll push a narrative as well, a group. Oh, hold on. I'm not finished. Then you can rebut. Back up then. Um I think that they will they will band together and have the same message on, and I probably should have worded that different, but on media day, they will all have the same message about the fact that the punishment and everything like that was not strong enough um, and basically stand together that it was unacceptable, which is probably how I should have worded it. Boyd, rebuttal. No, well... You're right. I think there's. I, I don't think there's a single fucking player because everyone's going to get peppered with these questions right on media day. There's no fucking doubt about it. All right. So everyone's going to. We're going to know around about where people stand. Some people will answer a lot more um, um, passionately than others. The only but, one who'll be different is Jay Crowder, who doesn't want to be there anyway. <laughs> Best way to get to get to get traded real quick would would be to say, yeah, no, nah, he's fucking. He's the top dog. <laughs> Sub is my boy. But, um, yeah, no, I think, um, look, I when you, the word that you used, Gav, was denounce or renounce, and that sounds to me like a like a complete sort of um, um, more of a holdout rather than a just everyone not agreeing with him and um, thinking that it was, uh, you know, a shitty thing to do. So hey, look, um, there's some there's some Suns fans out there that really want the players to come out and go. While Sabre's the owner, we're not going to play. So do you think, and, and just your your opinion, if do you think that would be a a swift uh, process? So they said we don't play. Do you think they just miss a couple of games, or how, how many games do you think these guys don't play? Uh, I'd be surprised Before if that, I'd, I'd be surprised if they played at all. Um, he's a piece of shit. He's not going. I, I just, I just can't see Sava being bullied into selling, but I could see some background shit happening where, in the end, he just goes, "You know what? I just have to sell." Yeah. What did? What? What are your thoughts? But if it's driven by the players, I think he'll go tell the players to get fucked, and then probably drop the N word a couple of times. <laughs> I. Uh... I think Media Day might have something along the lines of Chris Paul, Booker, maybe the pair of them. They come out and read a prepared statement at the start. Um, no further questions? And just say, look, this is our stance and we won't be addressing it any further. Um, I think, look, it, they're going to be obvious. I think it's going to be, um, you know, they're going to be bomb um, bombarded by it. And I think 
in this day and age as well, you can't, you know, there has to be some sort of preparation for, for these types of things. You can't just necessarily, you know, particularly the younger guys. And as we all know, some players articulate themselves better than others. So you just don't want to leave it open. Um, some guys may inadvertently say the wrong thing and you know how easily words can get twisted. So I think that's, um, that's how it'll be. And I, I think, look, a lot of the players will want to concentrate on other things as well. Um, you know, it's funny, right? You would have thought coming into this media day, everyone's going to be asking, well, your capitulation in game seven against um, Dallas last season, how are you going to turn that around? But that that's all just faded into the background with everything that's going on. So I think the guys will be looking forward to actually talking some hoops and kind of shifting the focus off that um, and into them as well. So I don't think it'll be, you know, fresh air. It'll be addressed in some concern, but I don't think it'll be left to each player individually. I think a collective statement will get read and they'll go from there. What are the odds that we hear the comment, I just we just want to focus on basketball now? Yeah. Could be something like that. Yeah, or we just want, you know, we just want to get ready for the season. Here's yeah. our statement. Here's our statement. Now it's all now we're just focusing on basketball. Yeah. So, all right, it's question a, two. Oh, sorry, go, boy. Yeah, no, no. Richie just said something in the chat. He said um, he sort of um, sort of let on that it'll all be basketball. It's um, nothing will be said on media day. Yeah, are there any? Does it? I mean, it's media day, right? So they get to ask whatever questions they want, or do they have to stick to a script? No, they we, can they can ask whatever they want. But yeah, uh, look, are, I do I do sort of I, I hear where Trev's coming from that. To kick off media day, there's the likelihood that they come out, read a prepared yep. statement and go, that's it. Don't ask yeah. any more questions. Yep. If you do, we're not going to answer them. That sounds about right. Uh, question two, the players should not be expected to drive the narrative narrative against Robert Sava. Uh, we all went thumbs up on this one. Um, for me, this is cut and dry simple. I, I've heard it all week. The players should do this. The players should do that and blah, blah, blah. Guys, we want the players to be there to play basketball for the Phoenix Suns, not to be fucking politicians. There is there is several ways to drive Saba out of ownership, and the ones that are going to the things that are going to do that is anything that hip, hits the hip pocket, sponsors, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the ownership group. They're the ones that are going to be able to do it based on whatever's in the organisational agreement. Um, it just drives me nuts that people think the players have to be the ones that carry the can on this. It's unfair to the playing group. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, if you think about, like, this has all been occurring off over the off-season, so most of them have all been doing their own thing in the off-season. They haven't been together as a collective. I'm sure they've all been in communication. Um, but there's two parts to it, right? It's all very well getting Sava out if they if that's what you want them to do. But then someone else has to come in, right? So what if, you know, what if this new person comes in and uh, has different ideals? I'm sure he'll have different ideals than what Sava is, but has different ideals on the way things want to go. I mean, it's a it's a two part question, right? You can't you can't just do half the job and get him out because you've got to need someone else to come in. Um, decisions still had to be made, and that's not the player's job. It's not them to, you know. Um, work out and go through a check of, you know, oh, this person's right for the job. That's not their job. Their job's out there to go and play and, and, you know, earn the contracts that they're getting 
um, quite generously pay for in most parts. So, yeah, you're absolutely Which, right. I think, yeah, people that say otherwise are just, you know, seems to be the way in society at the moment. We're always looking for, for someone to blame. We're always people to do more or we want everyone to be model citizens and so forth. We expect so much of our players. I mean, let's just let them do what they're there to do. Um, and they've, and it's all be said, the last couple of years, the, the Phoenix Suns players have conducted themselves beautifully, both on and off the court. I mean, there's been a couple of isolated incidents, but nothing, you know, that's warranted severe suspension, anything like that. Um, so they're a good bunch of guys. The culture's been good. Um, let them do their thing. Yeah, and we spoke about we spoke about this on Fanning the Flames as well, and it's it's I think that American sportsmen at times have probably bought this on themselves because they are quite outspoken about a, a heck of a lot of topics, um, which kind of creates the narrative that the players should be driving this. But there's only so many expectations we can have on our players. Um, yes, they get paid well. Yes, I get all that sort of stuff, but. This is. Could you imagine this happened in and let's go NRL slash AFL over here? The players don't get involved in any incidents that happen around the club. No, the clubs no. deal with it. The the no. league deals with it, um, mm. and our players will shut the fuck up and not say a word. Mm. They would never comment on it. Never. They know their place. They know. Their, no, you know. And there's um. That's that's. I mean, you know. <sighs> I don't want the and I don't want the players doing it. It takes away from what they do on the court, and it doesn't be. It takes the focus away from what we've got going as a as a product on the court, and it just fucking you know narratives are, are built on 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 people's opinions about you know I don't like the way that that guy wore a fucking a really long shirt, it looked like a dress or whatever when he came into the stadium. Yeah, you know, it's just I don't fucking care about that shit. I care about the W's racking up i care about um winning a championship and all this does if they speak up on this matter which can be quite easily handled um like you said through sponsors and the ownership doing their thing and you know um social media or whatever it can be sorted out there doing this all this does is takes takes away it's a distraction it's an unneeded distraction it takes away from what we're going to put on the court and i fucking that's what i've been dreading the whole time so no Players and stay that's, out of it. Yeah. That's why the that's why the prick should sell the fucking joint. But yeah. um uh question three, Robert Sava will have his hand forced to sell the team. I was a thumbs up on this, I think. Yeah, Could I was too. thumbs down. Or you were a thumbs up too. I was a thumbs so, up. Yeah. So Boyd, you were a thumbs down. Why? No, I think um I think well, I know he's a stubborn prick. Um so this was um, um, thumbs down to him being forced to sell the team. Yeah, from, even yeah. from external yeah. external pressures, whatever the case may be. Oh, okay. Basically, yeah. to the fact that he's got no other choice, but he has to sell. I, look, I don't think that there's a law that comes in and says, "Hey, no, 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 absolutely not." Yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't think it's forced in that way, but I think um, financial pressures for the team and the rest of the ownership group will be feeling the pinch in their pocket as soon as PayPal pulls the pin and they've got to find someone else on it, you know, probably not as much money. It's, there's so many different things that these guys are going to lose out on in this entire year and then even more after this year's, you know, his time's um, 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 done. Well, um, any so potential I, new sponsors too, let's be honest. Yeah, 
Exactly, exactly. So I think I think it's the um, it's a it's a culmination of all these financial pressures that's put on the ball club and the overall value of the place. It'll get to a point where it'll be everyone's going to jump on um, Nagafi's fucking um, you know his um, his bandwagon and say no, this is affecting our bottom dollar. They'll have a board meeting and just fucking um, piss him off, just like um, yeah. um, so. So, so you in the end, you you've reversed. You've gone thumbs up. Yeah, because I didn't understand. Yeah. 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 You know that movie Joe, Joe Black with Brad Pitt, and he's he's actually the the Grim Reaper, and um, old Anthony Hopkins, I think, is the dad. Anyways, yeah, he ends up getting thrown off the board in his own thing because he's uh yeah that sort of thing. Okay, Trev. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I think it'll just be uh, factors compounding on each other. Um, clearly, like when the sponsors start making statements like they have, that's a real red flag in terms of, you know, things are going to get pretty bad here. And it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever that a little bit more stuff starts coming out about him as well. Um, he would have had dealings with a lot of other people along the journey. Um, would not surprise me in the slightest. A little bit more comes out. That'll start building and you'll be caught between a rock and a hard place. So I think I think there'll be a straw that breaks the camel's back, and that'll be it. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, I think that when it comes to the external forces of sponsors, um, the rest of the ownership group, et cetera, et cetera, eventually it's just going to be driven out of that ownership and have no other choice but to sell it. One thing I didn't mention in the earlier part, though, um, the well, two things that really pissed me off about it, and I spoke about it on Fanning the Flames, but number one, how the... Did you guys read the report? Read. Um, read uh, most of it, so... So how the fucking hell are they getting away with the significant gaps in um, structure and uh, management of HR procedures like general hr procedures for 20 years that floored me absolutely floored me that uh, the state of the hr department within the phoenix suns was pathetic and number two why is jason rowley not getting a whole heap of fucking pressure right now mm. i mean robert sava should be getting it but this guy was the ceo of the phoenix suns and basically was the man that oversaw all of this shit. He's the paid CEO of, of the company. Yeah. He, he should be the first head to fall. And when Sava is forced to sell, whoever comes in, I don't care what they do, sack that bloke on the spot. Yeah. Well, I think when you, when you read the report, I mean, I'm not sure how... You felt about it, Gav, but when you read that stuff about Rowley, the first thing you think of, well, he's not speaking up because he knows he'll be blowing his own goose as well, right? And he, he was the first one. He was the first one that came out when the report first broke and went, oh, no, this is all fabricated and made mm. up and none of it's true and this this journalist is just trying to jump on and do Dude, it's all been proven true now. Yeah. Like. So straight away, just based on your comments alone after the report came out, you need to fall on your sword and yeah. take the L. And, um, yeah, as for the HR stuff, you're dead, right? I mean, it seems like every business that has about five people in it has a HR department, 
right at the moment. So to read something like that, a professional sporting organisation that has been in existence for well over half a century, um, it's befuddling. Um, and deplorable and, is what it and was. How, it was deplorable. Like, and how the NBA as a league can allow that to occur, because I don't think that's necessarily something you can cover up if you're coming in to get audited, checked out or whatever. Um, but there's been a few blind eyes turned there along the way, absolutely. Um, oh, and it's question. just really... Yeah, really um, disheartening and frightening, to be perfectly honest, in some aspects. So. so so, for those who didn't read the report, effectively what came out was that anybody who reported any mistreatment, mishandling, whatever the case may be, within the Suns organisation, that information was fed from HR to, to higher management. Um, HR failed to keep any discernible records or, or a, a distinct lack of discernible records for that entire period of time. And the only time they upgraded HR was in July 2021 when they knew this shit was coming out. Hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. And now I'm hearing the narrative as well. It's like, oh, yeah, they've, you know, learned from what had happened. Now they've put processes in place to, to rectify. Come on now. Yeah. They put, they put it in place because the investigation was coming and they knew it. Yeah, they put, I think um, Richie, Richie makes a good point in the chat. He says Rowley's a yes man. I think that's absolutely spot on. Uh, uh, and and in saying that, not only that, the dude that they appointed as the governor yeah, is just as bad. Yeah, and that kind of goes back to my previous point, right? If everyone's saying, well, we need to boot Sava out, but then it all depends who comes in after him. It could just be a, a copy and paste. I'm not necessarily saying everyone's going to be that bad, but, you know. How how the fuck did they let Sava um, choose the... Pick his own replacement. Oh, fuck own... Oh, you'd only read weird, about it, right? Weird. All right, uh, James Jones' off-season has been a failure so far. We all went thumbs down on this. Um, fact of the matter is, everybody's, uh, especially Suns Twitter, has lost their mind. James Jones is asleep at the wheel. The Suns are screwed. They're doing nothing, blah, blah, blah. This is a 64-win team, guys. That got beaten by COVID in the fucking playoffs. We're not that far off. The the pieces we've signed have been handy. Do we need another move or two? Yeah, look, we'd all love it. I think we're all pretty aware that Jay Crowder is going to be moved on at some stage over the next couple of weeks, maybe or whenever, up until the trade deadline. Um, and I think that the opportunities are out there. The Kevin Durant thing didn't work out, but Boyd mentioned it earlier. SGA is going to be out there and there's an opportunity for us to have a go there, especially with all of our um, assets that are in play. We do have those assets. I know a lot of people are sort of saying, well, let's not move too fast just in case something changes with Kevin Durant, blah, 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 blah. I, I've sort of changed my tune on that a little bit now. If somebody like SGA is available, I, I just think we push the pieces in and have a go. Um, but I still do think Crowder moves on. There will be another change there. And if it ends up being that we pick up a, a Bogdanovich and maybe even a Vanderbilt um, slash Clarkson in that trade, the, the, we we are not that far off with the side that we have right now. Yeah. Trev? I think that's a, a fair shout. I mean, uh, I find these people get angry when expectations don't meet reality. So a lot of fans just want to make moves 
you know, they love waking up each morning, checking Woj, checking Shams, checking Flex maybe. What's happening? You know, why are we making any moves? Oh. Making, a, making a move is a subtle thing, right? But it, sorry, not making a move is a subtle thing, but it's still a move, right? And we don't, we don't need, it's not like we need to reinvent what we've got. We've got a pretty damn good core. We might just need a piece or here to push the needle to the designated area. But you know what? We're playing the long game, okay? We're still waiting. We're still keeping things open for a move down the tracks if it becomes available. Um, you know, who'd want to chip in everything now on a, a, a bogey Bogdanovich or a Boyan Bogdanovich? Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, SGA was available for, you know, cluster or something that was really quite obtainable. I mean, sometimes you've just got to be patient. You see how things play out. Um, you're dead right. We're a 64-win team. We're not going to just regress to uh, a lottery team overnight without making a move. Keep especially when, especially when uh, we, yes, we have Chris Paul, who's 37, 38 years old, but everybody else is mid-20s. This is a yeah. baby. This side are babies. Yeah, and we've still got guys in, look, Bridges and, and Cam, you still think it's got a fair bit of organic improvement in them, right? So I'm not saying they're just going to go from here to here, but they're still going to move up a little bit. So if Paul regresses a bit, and let's not forget, number number one, right, Book is still, <laughs> he's still moving up. He hasn't hit his yeah. peak by any means. So oh, No, not even close, 24, 25 years old. So we just need to, you know, play the long game. And don't, and again, right? I'm not saying we're going to win 64 games. We don't have to win 64 games. This is all about navigating the regular season as best as we can and getting cherry ripe for the playoffs, and then that's when it's time. So we may not make a move until the deadline in February. That's okay, but by then we'll have enough body of evidence to know what we need, what areas we're struggling in, and where a change would assist that. So I'm quite happy. And I think James Jones has earned just a modicum of trust given what he's been able to achieve the last two seasons. But that's just me. <laughs> well, talking about uh, 64 wins, we've got, we'll move on to the bloke who thinks we're going to have 82 wins next season. Boyd? Yeah, running it back's always been fine with me, man. Like I, and, and, and you, look at, you look at all the people. Um, yeah, if, if we had have, uh, pushed our chips in here and there and here and there, and we shored up some um, some areas of need straight up when all the good role players were there to be had, there'd be a fucking upcry because um, Kevin Durant would have been available. And guess who had no fucking assets? would have been us. And then everyone would be cracking the shits saying that James Jones failed because of that. There's always, yeah. there's always, there's always going to be something. There's always that other side of the coin that's always going to fucking cause people. People just fucking talk because they know how to. And um and it, it fucking annoys me. So right now we're in a good spot where we've got and as you said we've got we've got a, we've got a team that has some has some um steps still to take. We're um coming off sixty four wins. We're fucking we're we're positioned really well and we're running that back. It's it's not that fucking bad. And um and I think I think that we get to uh I think we get to a I don't, bogey. I don't fucking care about him. I think I think that we um, are waiting for something significant. We're not going to um, uh, make a move just for the sake of making a move to make the masses think that we're doing something. James Jones is doing a fucking great job. There's no way it's been a failure. Very well said, Boyd. 
on high. <laughs> the sun oh, shines oh, on, a, oh, on any dog's ass sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Just you wait. Your fucking mate, Sundra Stunks, is going to fucking pick the eyes out of my... Whatever I fucking say, that cunt gets there and fucking rips me a new one on Twitter. And I just can't... I haven't got the energy to fucking go. You, <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. To you just leave my mate Keith alone, please. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. So I won't hear you speaking yeah, more, terribly of the great man. Don't, don't speak fucking... ill of Keith, mate. No, All right. He's, he's good, he's next, good. next segment. I would kill everyone in this room for a drop of sweet beer. Who do we want to have a beer with this week, Trevi? I am going um, a happy place. Um, I'm going to have one with former son's great Aaron Baines, um, who's now at the, at the Brisbane Bullets, which is quickly becoming the de facto Phoenix Suns as Tyler Johnson's there. So, look, it was great to see him um, back out on the court, um, NBL preseason game. So the Australian comp for our American viewers and listeners um, is starting to kick off. So, yeah, it was nice to see that pretty little hook shot happening and uh, – even gave it a little bit of a too small gesture straight off the bat, which you always like to you see. Did. I saw that. I saw that. A little bit of little bit of uh, how are we going. So no, great to see him out there, and uh, hope he has a great season. And uh, yeah, I'd have to catch an Uber home. I reckon Big Bane's he'd be able to put a few away just quietly. <laughs> and uh, good to see Richie in the uh, chat. He wants to have a beer with Robert Sava so he can bottle him <laughs> or glass him, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Boyd, who do you want to have a beer with? Can I have – I want two. I want to have a beer with – okay. Um, <laughs> Aaron Holiday. Uh, always, always. Um, like, so my, my, my serious one is uh, I want to have a beer with um, um, Eddie Johnson because – EJ? Uh, EJ. He can – that guy can talk me through anything. He's just fucking smooth as fuck. And um and he can talk me through this whole fucking ordeal, um, regardless of what he says. He just he just has that tone that makes you fucking um you feel everything's gonna be okay. I wish I had a dad who could tuck me in and just make me feel at peace. Um, when I was growing up, not now. No, I don't get tucked in. But <laughs> I wish that I, you know, man, that guy is just. We're thirty points down. Um, two uh, uh, fucking five minutes ago, and I'm thinking. Well, Eddie's 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 still positive. I'm, we're a team. <laughs> it's like that. But um, um, I wouldn't mind having having a beer with um. Richie, Richie said he's smooth as fuck. Absolutely. He is. Love songs and dedications, man. As before. But also, also just um, just just um, the guy that got dapped, um, just just. <laughs> Just them guys. Um, just, I just, I just want to know. I just want to know. Are they just like real, just fucking like uh, um, sticklers for the rules type thing, or are they, or are they sort of laid back? Just so as I can sort of better understand how everything happened. Anyway, righto. Uh, <coughs> me, I want to have a beer with Larry Fitzgerald, just so that I can loosen him up a little bit, get him off the fucking fence and get him to say something about all this shit. He was supportive of Sava back when all this sort of shit started. When the news broke, he is Arizona royalty when it comes to sport. And if Larry comes out and says something, everybody's going to jump on board. So, Larry, let's have a beer, loosen you up a little bit, lubricate you, see if we can uh, get get your 
talking just a little bit. Our next segment. Don't be a flog. We are now going to, uh, it's Boyd's Award, basically. Uh, we named this after Boyd. So I'll let you go first, Boyd. Who's your flog of the week? Adam Silver. I like Just, it. just should have done more. Just should have. The worst press conference in the fucking history of head of sports units press conferences. It was, uh, he, he, he was getting tripped up, man. That would have been tough, though. That would have been tough. There's obviously more going on. Um, there's reasons that they softened the edges on the whole statement that went out, the the 43 pages. There's a reason that they softened the edges there. And he had to be so – he just felt like he was told beforehand, you can't say this, you can't say that, and you can't say this. He was just fucked. He was fucked before he went into that. But he's a flog because he's let it get to this position where these guys um, um, can do these things and, and, and not quite easily get a uh, – get a, a lifetime ban yeah, keep owning the team you can make your money you're not managing shit you you can't come there in any games and he ends up selling anyway so adam silver should have done more in the way that they um hand done more in the way of penalties um a lot a lot stronger penalty and also he could have handled that press conference a lot better too agree agree we've lost trev he's disappeared right at the important part of flog of the week um, so disappointing that we've lost Trev, but hopefully he'll be able to jump back in in a second. My flog of the week is going to the most obvious flog of the week of all time. Robert Sava, you are a fucking massive flog. Um, what happened in what we saw in that report, uh, irrelevant of what people's personal opinion, and I've never been a Sava fan. Like I was more than happy for that motherfucker to move on any time. Hashtag Sava life. Hashtag Sava out. Does my head in. Can't stand the bloke. Um, the ultimate Mr. White privilege. Get rid of him. Move him on. The shit you pulled um, is completely unacceptable in any workplace. And you need to fuck right off and fuck off now. Hoorah. Hoorah. All right. That's uh, we we unfortunately Trev is still out. His uh, internet's clearly dropped off on us. Boyd, me and you, as always, every week, everybody else fucking jumps up and down, comes up with shit excuses why they can't get on. But we're here, brother. The only ones that count, right? The yeah, smart, exactly the right, best man. the fucking the ducks and nuts are here. And Richie's been with us the whole show. So I think we certainly have to get Richie in. Uh, he, sh he should have jumped online with us. What a gun. Um, we will wrap up last comments. Boyd, what do you got for us? Last comments. Last comments. Um, again, same as last week. Let's fucking, let's play some ball and fucking forget about all this shit. I like it. I like it. Um, Trev, do you want to throw us your flog of the week? Yeah, sorry about that, boys. A couple of technical issues. Um, I'm throwing, look, he's a repeat offender. I'm throwing Kyrie Irving in as the flop. So uh, for those of you that haven't caught up with the whimsical world of Kyrie this week, he's rehashed a old conspiracy video that talks about diseases being released by a new world order. I'm not sure if he's talking about the Hulk Hogan wrestling-inspired stable world order, but, uh, yeah, that it's all being dripped out. And, um, oh, fuck. 
No, are you serious? They, um, yeah, no, he did. Nate and I have a mate up here in Brisbane who's a fucking bit kooky with all the conspiracy shit, theory shit, and he goes that stuff too. It's fucking, it's a, it's a, it's hilarious. Kyrie's yeah, on, whole, doesn't surprise me. There's a whole heap of white people on a boat somewhere that eat babies and shit. That's apparently what happens. I don't know. It's all a bit weird to me. Yeah. I think uh, Trev's frozen again here, so he's he's got the continued. Uh, Ends them for millennials. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, you're still there, Trev. You're still there. All right. Um, any last comments, Trev? Still, yeah, I'm still. Ah uh, no. Hey, look, yeah, as I said, the season's getting uh, ever closer. Thank goodness. So we'll monitor what happens, and uh, we'll see how we go. Yeah, we've got about uh, 10 days till 10, 9, 10 days till media day. So we're not nice. far away, guys. As soon as media day happens, you know we're starting to fucking pep up. I think our first preseason game is the 3rd or 4th of October. So that's only two weeks away. Um, so the fun's about to start, boys. We're, we're getting close to the season. A lot of people don't realise that, but we are really ramping up towards the start of this season. Um, you can follow... Me at, at Aussie Suns fans or at Guesswork Gav. Uh, most of my at Guesswork Gav stuff will be about the AFL Grand Final this week. So if you, or well, where my comments on the Suns will be on uh, the Aussie Suns fans page. Boyd, where can we follow you? At Buds83. At Buds83 and Trev. Trevy G82. Let's get it. Love it. Um, Paul, we're having our people speak to your people. We're definitely working through getting you on um, the the last frontier of the Fanning the Flames crew to get on here. We will work through. Challenge is obviously that you go to bed really early, which is what Justin and Dan told me the other day. But our people will continue to speak to your people. We love you. Thanks for joining us, Richie. Um, if you are online later on watching us on YouTube or on the podcast networks, subscribe, rate, review comment most importantly stick us a thumbs up all you guys are watching it all you have to do is click like it's really not that hard unless you don't like us um if you don't like us what we're going to do is assess that that uh, any dislike um button that's pressed is a vote against boyd uh oh shit i shouldn't have said that because we're going to get heaps of dislikes now um Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Can't wait till next week. We're very, very close now to Suns basketball. Let's hope that after media day, we're actually talking about Suns basketball rather than the shit we had to speak about mostly tonight. But in comparison to what everyone else is talking about, I think we threw some pretty cool Sun, Suns content in there tonight, lads. Yeah, absolutely. Wherever you are, have a great night. We will see you next week. See you guys. Go Suns.